Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. Today, coming from Alberta, Canada, we have the honor of welcoming Jordan Guildford, who is the founder and CEO of Gems for Gem. So, Jordan Guildford is a small town Nova Scotian girl who moved to Calgary in 2014. After initiating a successful jewelry drive to give gifts on Christmas morning to survivors of domestic abuse, she made a critical observation which would change everything for her. The public wanted to mobilize for survivors, but with a recession already devastating the city, they desperately wanted to use their skills, time and energy to make a change. This led to Jordan creating a national charity called Gems for Gems, focused on bringing an end to the cycle of domestic abuse in collaboration with the public. Gems for Gems has gifted over 18,000 gifts on Christmas morning across the country, assisted thousands of survivors with essential skills like financial literacy, preventive self-defense, resilience, and psychological coping skills and empowerment, built a scholarship program for survivors and launched an ambassador program comprised of men and women all unified under the same mission. So Gems for Gems ambassador program spans across Canada and the US, as well as having three celebrity ambassadors within the team so far. <laughs> Most recently, Jordan and her team at Gems for Gems have launched Hope's Cradle, this initiative is a partnership with fire departments to provide a safe surrender location for mothers who feel there is no other alternative to ensure the safety of their babies. Jordan Guildford Consulting has also been created to give organizations and startups the leg up and creative injection needed to mobilize the community around them. With a focus on impact, Jordan's innovative instincts never cease to seek progressive solutions to tenacious problems. Collaboration is at the very center of each su successful project Jordan has pursued, and it continues to be a non-negotiable asset to enlisting her support. Everyone can be meaningful part of change by uniting and understanding we are always stronger together, says Jordan. Today's topic is collectively creating change to ending the cycle of domestic abuse. Thank you, Jordan, for being here today. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. It's my honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. My first question, Jordan, can you just lead us through your own experience in relation to domestic abuse that led sure. you to become who you are today? Sure. Uh, so my um, uh, my childhood up to the age of ten was pretty storybook. Like it was it was lovely and um, and happy. And then um, as I entered puberty, I started showing up. I guess differently. I hit puberty early and uh, started showing up a little differently to some of the men around me. And uh, um, by the time I was fourteen. Um, there was significant abuse that I had already experienced. And then um, a few other times, uh, more significant abuse uh, until I was about uh, 18 and a bit. Um, so it honestly devastated me. I, um, I relied heavily on throwing myself into 
school and and uh, I was in hyper achiever mode so in every possible competition and sports and uh, in school and in everything public speaking anything I could do even showing animals <laughs> um, I just threw myself into uh, what the things that gave me many highs um, because my reality uh, inside and right under the surface was filled with a lot of sadness and fear and um, yeah I was devastated right underneath the surface so I really put a lot of time and energy into covering it up not just for the world but for myself as well um, so that really honestly that lasted um, until I was uh, about 20 that was my main form of coping and then I kind of fell apart for a few years um, and uh, thankfully I was um, I had started dating the man that would become my future husband uh, when I was just before I turned 19 and he was a saving grace for me to be completely honest he was just so kind and so steadfast and rode through every single storm with me so by the time I was about 24 I started to come out of it and then we got married at 25 and um, 26 and 27 I had babies back to back and then we moved to Calgary so this was all happened before in Nova Scotia and then when we moved to Calgary it was like the land of plenty I had never uh, been exposed to uh, on such a widespread of um, success and um, and of having um, when I was growing up I, I didn't have heat hot water and food often um, but it was a really weird situation for me because I was on a full scholarship to, to um, my high school, which was a private school. And uh, so I had a very much kind of a dual life, which really mirrored the duality that was going on inside of me as well. Um, but then when we moved to Calgary, I was just blown away. I thought everything was amazing from I, literally from anything from the gyms to even the the schools, everything was beautiful and it was amazing to me, but the first Christmas, um, I was invited over to a dinner party uh, with a group of ladies, and they were all talking about the different initiatives that they supported in Calgary, all centered around children, which I think is wonderful. Um, but the 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 notable absence of any programs for mothers uh, was. I definitely took note of it because for me, I saw my mom struggle, and I I, I witnessed all of it firsthand. So. I, um, I asked the women if there was anything for the mothers and they said, oh, not that they knew of. Um, and I told them a story um, about when I was 14 years old. Um, we had, like I said, very, very little, but my grandmother would give us $20 each to be able to go to our church bazaar at Christmas time and buy Christmas gifts for each other. And it might sound super menial, but for us, it was, it was all we knew and it was fun. We, we loved it. We knew we would buy toques and uh, mittens and socks and we knew who who knitted them and we got excited to pick out the patterns and anyway this specific Christmas because I was at a different phase of my life I had started to see my mom in a different context um, and my dad wasn't around he wasn't abusive but he wasn't around and uh, I just started recognizing that my mom didn't have someone to get excited if they were going to hold her hand or kiss her or anything like that. I was just looking at it through the eyes of a, of a new teen. And anyway, so I, I spoke to my brother and my sister and I asked them if they would like to pool their money together to get mom something special that year. And they did immediately. So we went to the store and we picked out a little bracelet and it looked like leaves woven together. And it had what we thought were diamonds 
definitely plastic, <laughs> but it was pretty and it was sparkly and we were so excited to give it to her on Christmas morning. But when she opened it, she started bawling and just left the room. And we were mortified, absolutely mortified. I thought this beautiful plan had done something awful. I didn't understand, all of us didn't understand. But when she came back and I have no idea how long it took, but felt like forever. But when she came back, she had done her hair, done her makeup and put on her best clothes. It chokes me up even still, because I remember it so clearly. She sat us down and she just told us that this little bracelet had put her back on her own radar. And just, yeah, just so such a simple thing. And I told the ladies this story at that dinner party. And I just had a little bit of a light bulb moment. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to collect gently used jewelry. So like new jewelry from women in the public and clean it and package it. I package them in packages of three to five items. And this is what started our first jewelry drive. And I had only three weeks to be able to do it before Christmas. And I wanted to give it on Christmas morning the same way we did it for my mom. And um, within three weeks, the Calgarian women rallied to the point where we were able to give packages of three to five items to 436 women. It was, it just blew me away. Like, and it, it was an enormous success. We had one place that we were collecting from. And as soon as it was finished, I was like, well, I'm definitely doing that again. <laughs> and, but the thing with the jewelry drive is that because um, so many people were involved in the donation, a lot of people wanted to continue their involvement. So it kind of went like that every single year. We just started getting more and more people who wanted to be a part. And instead of turning people away, I just kept expanding it. And as I expanded and we had more people, I started looking a little further into um, into what was missing essentially in our community with survivors of domestic abuse. So I, uh, I saw uh, an opening for our Thrive program. So that's the one focused on uh, um, preventative self-defense, financial literacy, resilience and psychological coping skills. And then as we started moving forward through that, uh, a lot of the same questions started coming up. Like when we were talking about, about self-defense, women would ask, what happens when I'm cornered? What happens when I've been hit already? What happens when there's so much blood I can't see? And stuff like that started coming up a lot. And what I realized was, even though women were on the outside of the abusive relationship, they were planning on going back and they were trying to find a safe, the safest way of doing that. And so when that, when I understood that, I was like, we have to do, we have to be able to do something else to be able to make it feasible for women to stay outside of the relationship. And, um, and that's how the scholarship program was created. And our scholarship program um, funds full scholarships. So they're $12,000 each to trade schools so that women can be in and out in about uh, around a year. And, um, and it's been incredibly successful. Every single one of our graduates are independent business owners now looking after themselves and their children, um, which is just so exciting. And, yeah, our ambassador team continues to grow and uh, we've launched Hope's Cradle, as you as you mentioned, and it's just it's been really great and a really wonderful place for the community to be able to come together collectively, men and women, to be able to create the change that we're trying to create. So it's been an amazing ride and we're not we're just getting started compared to where we want to go. So that's amazing. So what is the vision if you're just getting started compared to where you want to go? What's the vision? Well, one of the things that we really want to do, which has been my dream from the beginning, 
is I want to be able to create what we call a gems house. And I want to be able to have it be a place where women can live with their children, um, go to school on site, uh, specifically aesthetics, because that's been the most popular um, scholarship choice that, that we've experienced so far. And then I want to be able to have a spa there so women can live, learn, work. And when they graduate, they graduate with the, the education, obviously, the working experience, but then also a nest egg so that they can go and they can afford a car, they can afford first and last month's rent and, and all of that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the big goal, mm. um, which I'm really excited about. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing and thank you for My doing pleasure. so much good for the community and the community at large. It's well, not I just mean, a, 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 little, a little town, it's like every, everywhere. But that's what it can be, you yeah. know, like, and, that's, and people want to give back. The problem is, is that so many opportunities are very limited and, and they require this and this and this and this, where I just, our whole ambassador program is very much based on you do what you can, when you can, and how you can. There's no pressure. There's no, it's an invitation to participate rather than an obligation. Um, and as such, we have lost in seven years, I think two ambassadors everyone else has stayed put and we're now 150 strong and it's great it's, it's great and everyone feels good about it because no one everyone's doing it on their own terms in the way that they feel good about you know mm, that's absolutely gorgeous so um i have noticed this um this swag this piece of change yeah um uh, a sweater blanket hoodie all kind of things I love this visa change. It really makes me think about Gandhi, of course, visa change oh, you want course, to yeah. see in the world, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, because this is actually what is going on. When yeah. we want to see the change, it starts with oneself, with ourselves. Yes. I always say happiness, uh, happiness and change are inside jobs. All, all, most of the time, and especially with women, we're very programmed to believe that other people know best ask this famous person, ask that famous person, read this book and, and it will fix you. But the only fix for you is inside of you. It has to come from you. Everything else is a, a band-aid, a, a temporary thing, because the bottom line is, is if you, if you don't want it enough for yourself um, to be able to do the work, even though it's scary, it's, it won't last. Um, it is just a, it's a temporary thing um, if you get it from someone else, but if it comes from inside of you, that's, that's where the real change happens. Totally agree. You know, I can never forget the day I met my third last and dream husband. I was still married uh, in my second marriage, in my second relationship. And uh, on his, um, on his Facebook banner, it was written that he was fighting against domestic violence made wow. against women. And I was living in domestic violence and I knew it, but I was just stuck there. I didn't see any way out. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stop myself from chuckling when I saw that as a victim, mm -hmm. because I thought to myself, how do you want to help someone who do not come out of the hood? Who do not show herself as mm -hmm. a victim? How do mm -hmm. you want to help people who do not raise their hands? <laughs> and when I saw that, I did not understand how can victims be helped when they do not raise their hands? And this is how I came up 
10 years after the end of domestic violence for my experience mm. with this podcast so that we can reach their heart in the silence of their hiding place because every victim is hiding in plain mm -hmm. sight until mm -hmm. they speak up you mm -hmm. do not know who they are yeah and i i think uh, how we've tried to overcome that is uh with our focus on the public most charities are very uh they work with the public to raise funds uh but that's pretty much where it stops where gems is completely open we are very transparent and we interactively work with the public with absolutely everything we do and our whole goal behind that is yes to be able to include people and and encourage people to be part of this but also because we know that one in three women are or have been abused which means the only way to be able to get to them is to be looking at it on mass um, because that's the public is where they are you know they're in the grocery stores they're at the library they're they're everywhere we are so if, if you focus only internally then you're only getting the the like when it's already boiled over or the particularly brave ones or whatever but what about the rest of the people what about the other people who I mean, another big thing that we do is we use the term domestic abuse as opposed to domestic violence and our reason for that is because there's so many forms of abuse and when you say violent violence people immediately think of a woman being beaten up yes and the truth of the matter is that that is one por one portion of the big picture yeah and and the other thing too is that most women who are being emotionally abused and physically abused wish it was all physical because because you can heal from that differently. Exactly. Yes. Within yes. 10 days, you yes. do not have it bruised. It's over. Yes. But yes. inner wounds, like emotional wounds, like narcissistic abuse and all these things, it takes to really look at it and really address yeah. it to heal it. It does not heal by itself. This is why I was always telling people, yeah, yeah, you are really, really heating up for, for a slap. Seriously. I mean come on, there are things so much more bad than that. Oh, totally. And I think also too, it's the way you look at um, how those scars manifest, how those wounds manifest. For instance, when it's very easy to see, I would say a stab, okay? Every, if you get stabbed, everyone assumes there will be a scar, okay? And if you think about that, you know there will be a scar on the surface and there will be a scar internally wherever the, wherever the blade went what people don't understand is that with emotional abuse it's the exact same you just can't see the surface scar or the deeper ones and i think that's really important too because people have this concept of you need to heal from it which means you need to not be affected by it but we all understand that if you have a, a visible large scar on the outside it can act up in weather it can act up when you drink wine it can all kinds of things can trigger it and it is the exact same with the non-visible ones and i think we have to have a reasonable expectation of people with that because you would understand it's never going to go away if it's a physical scar but it, people need to understand that the emotional ones are the exact same and just because you learn to live with it doesn't mean that it's not triggerable and that it's not still difficult at different times i think we need to really reframe how we look at healing from this because healing doesn't mean that we don't feel anymore it just means that we're capable of moving forward with it this is so true thank you for speaking the word about it thank you for breaking Happy. the silence about it thank you because it is real it is real mm -hmm. so how can uh, our listeners best support gems for gems 
Well, there's a number of different ways. Uh, you can definitely go to our website and learn about GEMS, which is a huge help. Just even circulating the word is, is just tremendous because that's how we reach the survivors and the current victims, as we mentioned earlier. Our swag store, 100% of the proceeds go directly towards our initiatives. So that's another way to support. Uh, we are a registered charity, so you can also make donations on our website, which you get a tax deductible receipt immediately sent to you. Uh, through Canada Helps, which is great. Um, uh, yeah, and then just following us, honestly, following us on social media and sharing our stuff is is a huge help because again, it's the same thing as is the virtual word of mouth, and that helps enormously. So you guys, you know exactly how to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, we so, have a good system in place now. <laughs> exactly. So in the description of this episode, there is all the details, all the link, everything to make sure that uh, all, the, all the letters, all the spelling is, is done right. And that if there is anything that changes, we can always update it. And it's, it's, it's just Perfect. beautiful. All Thank right. Oh so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jordan, for coming up, speaking up sharing not only hope but really life more Thank than hope you. and that is just gorgeous really commend you for that and Thank all you. the I, team behind you that's the thing right it, and it's i could never and would never have even attempted to build out what we have by myself i am incredibly fortunate with our board of directors and our their ambassador team and the community that continues to rally around us so it is a definite collective effort and it's a living proof of what's possible when people work together. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, Jordan, and I look forward to talking with you again. Likewise, thank you. Bye-bye for now.